Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Hey, good morning. Hour number two of Mornings Without Carmen. Again, Carmen is enjoying some time away this week. I'm Paul, usually her faithful producer, but today I'm hosting and will for the rest of the week. Ben Holson doing my job uh, operating the controls and doing it well. And so thank you, Ben, for doing that. Well, things are getting back to normal in Southern Cal after Tropical Storm Hillary. Los Angeles schools resuming normal operations today. They closed yesterday out of abundance of caution for Hillary. I mean, there was a lot of uh, flooding, trees down, power out and such. Also, during this time, you know, we'd like to make up words on the fly. The new word from California is hurricane. Hurricane. Because not only did they have the tropical storm borderline hurricane. They also had that that earthquake that hit the Ventura and L.A. County area <laughs> during it. So it's like, yes, a hurricane. Meanwhile, overseas, again, something to keep in prayer. The situation with the war in, in Ukraine, uh, tensions continue to rise. Uh, Russia shot down a couple of drones that, over the uh, Moscow region Monday night, and two others crashed due to electronic jamming near the Ukrainian border. Airspace over the capital was briefly closed as three airports suspended flights, according to the TASS news agency. Meanwhile, the U.S. State Department is warning Americans, no, do not travel to Belarus, urging those in the country, leave immediately. The State Department categorized the country as a level four risk the highest security warning due to the country's continued uh, facilitation of Russia's war against Ukraine. Officials say authorities have detained thousands of individuals, including U.S. citizens, for alleged affiliations with opposition parties and participation in political demonstrations in that country against the war. Now, I bring this up because here we are. We're getting close to the year and a half mark. This Thursday is the year and a half mark when the invasion started. And... On Thursday, we hope to talk again with Chris Manson. We've talked to him a few times. He felt led by God to to go and help the people there by bringing ambulances. The ambulances for Ukraine movement, which he, he didn't know what to expect when God called him into us. Maybe send one, two. <laughs> They've sent a lot of ambulances and fire engines, and we're going to get an update on that coming up, hopefully on Thursday, uh, during the second hour, right about now, here on Faith Radio. As I mentioned yesterday, my birthday's on Sunday, and as I get another year older, I'm wondering, am I aging well? Really, as we get older, are we all aging well? Anna McCara, who's a fellow, uh, who's a fellow with the Physicians Assistance uh, Physician Assistance Foundation, and also an assistant director of health services here at the University of Northwestern Faith Radio's parent company, will be joining me in about one minute. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. 
Well, again, I'm Paul filling in for Carmen this week on Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. I mentioned yesterday about my brother Tom's passing. His funeral was this past Friday. He had some underlying health issues that, hate to say he didn't manage well, that probably is what led to his passing away. Then this past Saturday, after the funeral, some of us and the family were at his house trying to help clean out some of the stuff. He had a lot of stuff in the house that were trying to get cleaned up, a lot of junk that just needed to be thrown and other things that needed to be salvaged in a safer place. I hate to say it, after two year, uh, two hours of working, I was not just winded, I was almost spent, but I plugged at it for four hours. Now, my brother Joe was there. He's four years older than me. And he, even though he has, you know, he, he's got, uh, he, he's had some surgeries because he's been in physical work most of his life and has had surgeries to keep himself going all these years. Four years older than me, and he was whooping me. He, I was beaten by the older guy. This does not sound good. So I'm glad I get a chance right now to talk to Anna Makara, again, a fellow with the Physician Assistance Foundation and an assistant director of health services here at the University of Northwestern. Anna, thanks for joining us first off. I I think this is a medical intervention on your part. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Paul. I'm honored to be here. Uh, It's good to have you. Well, again, as I was saying, both those things, you know, my brother's death and then what happened on Saturday really spoke to me. Number one, My brother Tom didn't take care of himself very well at times. And I'm Mm -hmm. also realizing I'm not managing my aging very well. So we're going to need to get practical. And I think a lot of us are in the same boat. I mean, are are we aging well? Are we adjusting ourselves as we age and what we do? But before we get to that, I want to back up, get the God's eye view of all this, and you help us do that. Why do you feel God calls us to take care of our bodies? That's a great question. Yes. Why should we care about our health and nutrition? Um, in Genesis one twenty seven, God writes, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We as humans are all uniquely created by God. He's given us this opportunity in our earthly bodies to glorify and serve him in addition to being his hands and feet in serving others. And we have to do this well. And in order to do that, we can take time to do the best that we can in nourishing and caring for our bodies. So basically, this is a way of showing honor to God. Absolutely. That's very correct. (laughs) Okay. So as we're doing that, and as we look at aging, And, you know, aging is not optional. Somebody said maturing is optional, but aging is not. So as we age, we need to think about our overall health. There's certain things we can't do that we were able to do when we were like, you know, 18, 20, 25, 30. As as we look at aging, um, what do you see as some of the things we need to do to adjust to better support our overall health? Yes, I kind of like to think about it. Um, each each uh, age group, you know, whether you're in young adulthood, middle adulthood, or older adulthood, there's different things that we can focus on. Whether it's in your younger years, solidifying healthy lifestyle habits, um, whether it relates to food, sleep, exercise, and continue that in the middle adulthood, um, and then in the elderly age or maybe 65 and up, you're continuing to work on 
um, in promoting maximal functioning um, in every area. Okay, so let's talk about some of those areas individually now. Again, all right, it's not that I don't pray, hey, God, su- sustain me, because <laughs> I pray that many mornings, uh, sustain my health, but am I, if I'm not doing the right stuff to sustain it, I'm going against my own prayer, you could you could say. But think about nutrition, especially as we age. How do we adjust, you know, not just, yes, what we eat, but the overall nutrition that we have? Is there certain changes that happen through life that, as a general rule, we should keep an eye on? Yes, nutrition is very important throughout the lifespan from birth to death, and the benefits of healthy eating add up over time, bite by bite. And I like to think about food as not really being about healthy versus unhealthy or good versus bad, because we need food um, as fuel for our body to have energy. And so I would think about, try to think about it as being balanced. But if you're trying to focus on the positive and what can you add more, I would say whole grains, um, good proteins, dairy, more fiber, fruits, veggies, and the mono unsaturated fats, which is such as olive oil is a good example of that. And so I would try to focus on those things, what you need more of, and keep it positive. Okay, and then let's talk about physical activity, because as I said, when I was doing this stuff on Saturday, oh, my my legs were doing okay, but my upper body, I mean, I, I just had a hard time after a while. It's, my my arms are just getting exhausted. Um, so, yeah. again, physical movement, physical routines, and stuff like that, what do you recommend, especially as we age? How do we adjust those? Yeah, even me, I need to increase my physical activity. You know, it's, I, I try to, any age is the right age to start. So you're, you're not behind, Paul. Okay, good. And we can continue to uh, focus on trying to be, to have more movement, even just throughout the day. You know, the CDC and other bigger organizations, they recommend 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise with which if you break that down it's about 20 minutes per day and so I would say start small do things you enjoy Mm -hmm. even just walking your dog going for walking with a friend but some of the other small ways think about if you're able to take the stairs instead of the elevator park farther away from the the store that you're going into um, like you said, maybe working on those arms with even just starting with five to five pound dumbbells or even mm-hmm. smaller. Uh, there's lots of ways to even when you're waiting for your food in the microwave, you can do a few squats if you're if you're able. There's you can even have a have a dance break to Faith Radio <laughs> or KTIS or whoever's playing the best the best music at the moment. <laughs> So you're, 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 I can't do diddly squats, not those <laughs> type of squats. Anyway, we're talking with Anna Makara, and as we continue here in a few moments, I want to transition to talking about diabetes, because that's something that can develop over time or because of past eating practices can become an issue in your life. How do you manage that, especially as you age? So you're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. 150 million people. 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. 
I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. Hey, don't forget, if you miss any part of this show or any of your Faith Radio shows, just go to our website, MyFaithRadio.com. Our podcasts are there up a few hours after the show. That way you can always go back, or better yet, subscribe. That way you never miss a moment of Mornings with Carmen or Susie Larson Live or Afternoons with Bill. It'll be sent to you automatically, so subscribe. Again, you can find out more at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you find your podcast. We continue our conversation now with Anna uh, Mukharov. She is, again, a physician a fellow with the Physician Assistance Foundation, and she also works here at our parent company, the University of Northwestern St. Paul, as an assistant director of health services. I got to believe that's getting big. You're getting geared up for the new school year with the students coming back, right, Anna? Yeah, it's a it's a energizing time of the year as we prepare for everyone to come back and the clinic reopens. Okay, I got to ask you, what are some of the biggest challenges you deal with when it comes to college students right now? I'm sure, again, college students tend, hopefully, we. I know we provide healthy food here on campus. Uh, the food is pretty good, but, you know, they get stuff from everywhere, health issues. What are, what are some of the other health issues you, you tackle on a daily basis? Yes, with college students... Of course, we see them for acute illness, especially in the winter time. But a lot of the times we're seeing them sometimes for nutrition consults, but a lot of mental health, anxiety, depression, that mm. type of thing. Mm. We were talking a bit yesterday with uh, um, Dr. Corbin Hornbeek, the president of the University of Northwestern. And yeah, that is one of the biggest concerns uh, for this cohort of students young people coming in, the high level of uh, of emotional health issues. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are on top of that. Do you yeah, deal with thanks. a lot of, do you deal with a lot of diabetes among the students? Typically in that age group, um, not, we don't, thankfully, but we know that um, whether in childhood or young adulthood, it is becoming more common to see di- diabetes whether that's type one or type two. Why Why do you think there is that uptick? Yeah, good question. I, I think that there there's a lot of different factors that, uh, that contribute to that, whether it's more of a sedentary lifestyle that even children are beginning to have at an earlier age, mm. but it's also nutrition, uh, genetics plays a piece, um, and other, other uh factors probably do as well even the environment lots of lots of different factors but mainly nutrition physical activity and genetics Mm. okay so with that i mean if we're going to manage these things well because okay some people are what is called pre-diabetic and others are diabetic you might want to help us understand you know what is pre-diabetic and diabetic because if we're trying to prevent getting it number one uh that's important but if we do have it learning to manage it well as we age. So help us understand the difference. Absolutely. 
Every cell in the human body needs energy in order to function. The body's primary energy source is glucose. Mm -hmm. Insulin is the hormone or chemical made in the pancreas. Insulin is, you could think of insulin as the key that opens the door to a cell and allows the glucose to enter. So diabetes is an impaired ability to take that glucose either from insulin resistance or a decreased or absent insulin production, or it can be a combination of the two. And mainly, so type 1 diabetes, which typically people are diagnosed at childhood, but sometimes you can be diagnosed later on, and that's where the pancreas is unable to produce insulin. Mm. And that's, Type 2 diabetes, oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. Now that's where people will oftentimes take insulin injections. Yep. And then type two is there's less insulin produced or the insulin produced does not function effectively. And sometimes this can be managed through nutrition, through medications, and sometimes insulin. And then, like you mentioned, prediabetes is a milder impairment that just does not reach the level of diagnosis for diabetes. But sometimes people don't feel well or their blood glucose or sometimes people call this blood sugar, is high. Mm-hmm. So how do you best manage that? What are some ways, whether you're pre-diabetic or especially if you're diabetic, managing um, this in your life so it doesn't get out of hand? Great question. There's multiple factors that influence our health outcomes, especially when you're thinking about prevention and management for diabetes Uh, Like we already talked about, physical activity or movement of the body is a great way to help with that. Dietary modifications, if you are smoking, it would be helpful to have cessation of smoking. Um, Sleep apnea is another thing that can contribute. And so seeing your primary care provider on if you know that you snore or have sleep apnea to get recommendations for that. And sometimes medications can be helpful um, with this process. In addition to if you have excess weight, working with your primary care provider on a balanced and um, good plan where this weight will stay off. Sometimes if you lose it too quickly through some of those Uh, different diets that are probably trendy right now, that's not beneficial because then you might lose it really quickly but gain it back. Mm, Yeah, so trying to have that balanced approach in all things. So, Hey, Anna, thanks again for joining us here on Mornings with Carmen and sharing with us some wisdom, especially, you know, as I began talking earlier, you know, I want to age well because I want to be there to serve and love other people well. So thank you for your encouragement. Thank you, Paul. Take care. You too. Breakpoint is next. This is Faith Radio. This again is Mornings with Carmen. And hey, when you feel close to God, it positively impacts every aspect of your life. You just feel it, right? But sometimes it's hard to feel God's presence at all. Want to grow closer to Him? Well, this month we're urging you, text the word CLOSER, just those letters, C-L-O-S-E-R, CLOSER, to 877-933-933. 2484, and Susie Larson will directly, uh, you know, respond to you. She has a whole series of videos and helps 
to encourage you in your closer walk with Jesus. So again, text the word CLOSER to 877-933-2484. Another thing I saw in the news this morning, um, the World Council of Churches has expressed concern that thousands of Orthodox Christians were denied access to Mount Tabor in Lower Galilee in the Holy Land the suggested site of the transfiguration of Jesus, which, you know, is commemorated on August 18th in the Orthodox world. In a statement, he said, Israeli police blocked the road as faithful the faithful were on their way to the holy site, and a ban was issued to prevent assembling on Mount Tabor and nearby, with police citing safety concerns for the participants. Well, the World Council of Churches said, this is an impediment of Christians celebrating on Mount Tabor, and it comes after the aftermath of repeated harassment of some Christians in Jerusalem, Haffa, and elsewhere. Pray that they can resolve this issue uh, issue soon. Well, as we continue here on Mornings with Carmen, got a question for you. Are you a gracist? No, 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 no. I did not say racist. Gracist. Are you one who seeks to bring healing across many of our cultural and social divides? Not just on the issue of race and ethnicity, but so many more. Are you a person extending grace actively? We're going to talk again with uh, Dr. David Anderson. We had him on a couple of months ago. Uh, Carmen talked with him about a book called Gracism, the Art of Inclusion, which was recently updated and re-released. And, yeah, we're going to talk about how we can be there to help people heal, to be with them in the healing of some of our divides. That's coming up in three minutes here on Faith Radio. Inclusion. Okay, I said that word. How did you respond to that? It's kind of a hot button right now, isn't it? You know, the word itself is very simple. The act of including someone or something as part of a group. That's, I I looked it up this morning. That's the basic definition of the word inclusion. I I understand, and our culture has taken on many other meanings, but to include. (laughs) You know, when I look at the book of Revelation, there's an assembly of followers from every nation, every tribe, every tongue. God is trying to include people into his, bring them into his kingdom. People from, again, every nation, tribe, and tongue. The question isn't that various people will be included. That's a given. God showed us that. The big question is, how do we do our part to bring people in? How do we extend the grace? And to that conversation, we bring back Dr. David Anderson. You can find him at andersonspeaks.com. David, thanks again for joining us here on Faith Radio. Oh, thank you so much, Paul, for having me. It's always good to be with you and your listeners. Yeah. Well, you talked to Carmen last time, because after all, this is her show. Uh, you talked with her last time, back in June, I think it was, as we we're looking at the re-release of your book, Gracism, the Art of Inclusion. And take us back. Remind us what gracism is. Thank you. You know, gracism, the art of inclusion may be the title of my book, but the concept is so much bigger. It's what God gives us out of 1 Corinthians 12, where he talks about the different parts of the body coming together, working together as one. And he inserts a verse that helps us to read it beyond spiritual gifts. He actually says that regardless of your color, class, or culture, uh, you know, we're still included in the body. And you can always uh, read how I uh, 
divide those those passages uh, when you get the book. But gracism is extending positive favor to others, regardless of maybe even because of their color, class or culture. So racism's a bad word. Grace is a good word. When we put them together, we find out that God's grace is really the solution to racism. I call it gracism. Okay. You, now, you first released this book and the concept several years ago. And in the first iteration of the book, you had the seven sayings of the gracist. You know, you had, I will lift you up. I will cover you. I will share with you. I will honor you. I will stand with you. I will consider you. I will celebrate with you. And that was impacting many lives. But then 2020 hit. And we could talk about COVID. We could talk about the situation here in the Twin Cities where, you know, Faith Radio is headquartered with with George Floyd and his killing in Minneapolis. You realize something was missing in this gracism formula. You needed another, another... line, another promise. So talk about how this came about for you. So, you know, when you break down the verses, there are these many different verses that tell us that while we are a part of one body, we are separate members. And it says, you know, rejoice with those who rejoice, but grieve with those who grieve. So the seventh saying of a gracious is, I will celebrate with you. That came from rejoice with those who rejoice. But I did not include grieve with those who grieve or suffer with those who suffer in the first iteration of the book because I wanted the seven sayings. I kind of left that one out thinking, you know, actually rejoicing with people is difficult, more difficult maybe than grieving with them because, you know, if someone's hurt, you just get down and grieve with them. But if somebody's really celebrating something that you don't necessarily agree with, maybe it's hard to celebrate with them. However, 2020 hits, and I think God had just reserved that that word for this book, where I went back and I said, well, what does it mean to grieve with other people? What does it mean to suffer with other people? And it really means empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I feel what you feel? And so the the saying is, I will heal with you. And if I can feel with you, then I can heal with you. But if I can't feel with you, if I have no sense of empathy for what you're going through, it's going to be hard for me to to grieve with you. I got to be honest, when I first read this, I glossed over the word with when I was reading <laughs> your your lines there. I will celebrate you. I will heal you. I Okay. First off, I can't heal anybody. <laughs> That's not my gift. And also That's celebrating right. with with there's a, there's That's an importance the about that withness of god is amazing when you think about it in revelation 21 he says i will be with man man will be with me i mean that's what heaven is it's being with god you know it's not being god it's not god being us it's being with god and when he sent his son he sent his son to be with us and so the idea of being with people i may not suffer what you're suffering but i can at least suffer with you i can i can feel what you're feeling i can i can try to empathize even if i don't even agree um you know whether i believe george floyd was murdered or not before the trial said he was i may not agree with it but there's a whole bunch of people that are feeling something right now how do i feel that with them instead of fighting on the other side of it you know what i'm saying and saying 
discounting what people are feeling and 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 telling them they have no sense uh, to feel that way or no reason to feel that way. Why do that? Like, if you're married and you're a man, why even say you shouldn't feel that way mm-hmm. and then become logical and explain all the reasons why she shouldn't feel that way? I mean, when you think about it, it's ridiculous, right? It is. We never win, by the way, if we do that, Paul. I'm just uh, oh, saying. yeah. No, 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 no. It doesn't happen. doesn't happen. Okay, you, you were talking about God, you know, will be with him. But I, I, okay, I don't know if you're one of those who watch The Chosen. Do you? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. It's on my oh, list. It's on your Do it. Because one of the things you will notice is, as opposed to a lot of the other representations of Jesus on film and TV and such, um, I mean, okay, I grew up watching um, Jesus of Nazareth, that miniseries that was on NBC for yeah. several years. And it, it, don't get me wrong. It is a well done, you know, story, telling of the story of the life of Christ, except one aspect. Jesus seems so detached, so mm. otherworldly. He almost looks like he's, I hate to say space cadet in that, but he looks mm. kind of that. And then you have, yeah. you have what's happening in The Chosen. Jesus is so with his disciples. Mm-hmm. He, they, yeah, they're with nice. him, but he, he really gets in their lives. He, he's one that looks them in the eye and just empathizes at so many points. Even though, he, yeah. even though he can, he's disagreeing, I, I know from a God standpoint, when the disciples are doing something really boneheaded, he's disagreeing, yeah. but he's also, I get why you're doing that. I understand you. I love you. I'm with you. I'm walking th- through this with you. And yes. So, so number one, you should watch that. <laughs> number you two, got it. talk about, you know, even just the name Emmanuel. When Jesus came, he dwelled with us in so many ways. It's so clear that, you know, the Old Testament prof- uh, prophetically stated that he would be called Emmanuel. And then you get to Matthew chapter mm-hmm. one, and and it's then stated again that that's what he shall be called. And this is what we celebrate Christmas for, because it's really God, God with us. And so God with us means not just his truth, but his grace. The scripture says that Jesus came, grace and truth. Sometimes we want to give people truth without grace, and that's really just um, cruel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it you is. know, uh, the Lord doesn't even give us truth without grace. You know, he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. But even truth had to stand next to two cousins, you know, right in between two other words. I'm the way and the life like truth doesn't stand alone oftentimes in the scripture. And uh, not because it can't, because it's so harsh, you know. And so what God does is he oftentimes gives truth uh, some some cousins around it, you know like grace, like way, like life, you know, we need the truth, but we need the truth in a way that uh, comes to us, uh, in, in, in a way that comes to us that we can receive. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. And he could have sent his son, Jesus, as a warrior on a stallion to bring truth, but he brings him in this in this gentle way on a donkey, you know, through a virgin. I mean, whenever you see him, mm-hmm. he's strong, but he's meek. And yet he the truth, but that truth comes up to be next to us so we can we can somehow take it. Again, getting back to the idea of empathizing with people in their pain, even if we hold our convictions, as we continue our conversation, we're going to illustrate this a bit more. Again, we're talking with David Anderson, author of Gracism, and uh, we'll continue here on, on Faith Radio in just a few moments. Thanks for listening. 
Again, this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Okay, we live in a world that is broken, that is hurt, that is sick. Are we willing, in the power of God's grace, to lean in, to heal with those around us, to do that with thing? Again, I'm Paul filling in for Carmen here on Faith Radio. And again, we're talking with Dr. David Anderson. You can find him at andersonspeaks.com. And we're talking around the updated version of his book, Gracism, the Art of Inclusion, in particular, being part of the healing. And David, as I was reading the chapter on this, Lisa, you shared a story about this one woman named Lisa that just kind of blew me away. Because as we think of being gracist, it's not just a matter of fighting against racism. This, this is far bigger than that. So tell us the story of Lisa. Yeah, gracism is really about the art of inclusion, right. inclusion, including uh, people's hearts and perspectives, even on areas where we may not agree with them. And uh, it's bigger than race. It's color, class, culture. And, you know, in our culture, a big deal happened on June 24th, 2020, when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And for some people, it was a big uh, celebration, like, yay, we're going to knock down knock down abortion, you know, but there are a lot of other people who were grieving during this time. And Lisa is a gal I know who was one of them. And, and, and I got to hear her, her voice and her thought. And I was like, wow, this is, this is not just the issue uh, that I see it from my perspective, but seeing it from a, a woman's perspective. I mean, I'll never forget the conversation I had with her. She was so very upset and she was fearful and angry and heartbroken over the Supreme Court decision. And even me as a pro-life pastor, hearing her heart helped me understand at least her point of view. And, you know, she's described to me that even though, uh, you know, she has a young son, she felt empowered to make the decision to carry that son to term and give birth. And he's, you know, six or seven years old and she has great joy as a mother. But her thought was, you know, she feared that if she were to get pregnant again, that she would be forced to have child, like she lost all agency from her body in that one uh, decision of this, the Supreme Court. And and she was fearful. She was fearful of the fact that, man, I'd be forced to have a child whether I want to or not. And, you know, I've, so I, I decided that I'd make a post, a, um, a social media post as a pro-life pastor. And mm-hmm. what I said was this, I feel sad for many women who know that a bunch of men who can do whatever they want sexually can impregnate a woman and walk away while she's forced to give birth and raise the child with no consequences to him who engaged in that and the behavior as a pro-life male pastor, I feel her pain. Okay. What happened when you did that post though? 
Well, after my post, I received many responses on and off of social media. Some said that no one who supports abortion can be a follower of Christ. And and others, you know, uh, said, thank you very much for at least voicing uh, what what we're feeling. And I thought to myself, wow. So bottom line is, if you empathize with somebody who might be on the other side, you're just thrown into the ash heap of you can't even be a follower of Christ. Like they posted that. If you if you even agree with abortion, you, you cannot be a follower of Christ. And if we just do that with everybody who disagrees with our view, we just throw them onto the ash heap of of unbelief and they must be non-Christians, um, then I think that it's going to be hard to have a sense of walking like Jesus and including other people just because they don't agree with the truth that that we're so convicted about. I guess, you know, because I, I, I'm sure I, even from parts of me, I'm hear, hearing what you did. And it's like, but there's this truth. This there's truth. Yes. But there's also the need to empathize. Again, going back to Jesus, God with us. To, well, he, he, again, he walked among humans, and I'm, I'm sure he saw things that blew, would blow our mind, but I'm sure from you know, his holiness standpoint was just so aggravating. And yet, he walked humbly and lovingly. Well, yeah, think about what God did with Hagar. Okay. All right. He tells he tells Abram, listen, I'm going to bless you with a child. I'm going to bless you to be the father of many nations. Okay. And and Abram's like, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And Sarah's like, I don't think it's going to happen. God kept giving him a vision and telling him, no, it's going to happen. And so finally, his wife says, well, you know what? Just sleep with Hagar. She's she's my maidservant, my Egyptian maidservant. Just sleep with her and uh, give us a child, right? And so he does it. This is outside of God's will. So now here you have this woman named Hagar who has this child, not from her husband, right, but from the man that she's serving, the the wife of this man, Abram, and now she's given over to sleep with him. All right, so now she's having this quote-unquote illegitimate child. Mm -hmm. Well, it creates all this problem because now the mom's, the, the woman's jealous, Sarai. The man's like, well, you told me to do it. Do with her whatever you want. They kick her out. Mm -hmm. She's out in the wilderness by herself. Think about this for a second. Here's a woman pregnant, probably didn't even want a child, at least not this way. And now she's going to be a single mom out in the desert homeless. And what does God do? Well, you read Genesis 16. It says that God met her there so much so that she gave him the name. El Roy, the God, the God who sings. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if you never knew the God was black, there it is. The name El Roy, come on. Okay, I'm just kidding, Paul. But <laughs> hey, now come on. Yeah, El Roy Jetson? <laughs> exactly, right? So, but, but seriously, all jokes aside, like he goes to be with her in her pain. Yes, she's going to have a son. His name's going to be Ishmael. And I think some of us later, because we know that Isaac is the son that is carrying the promise, we see the battle between Ishmael and Isaac. But if we're not careful, we just throw out Ishmael like he means nothing. But if you keep reading in in, in Genesis, it says Ishmael is blessed by God. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even, even when things are, quote unquote, illegitimate, even when things are really, really bad, God still comes up alongside of Hagar. Yeah. I think that's pretty amazing, don't you? I do. I do. And this again. We'd throw her out in a minute, wouldn't we? In the sense of righteousness, we'll be like, eh, single mom, illegitimate. You know, we'll just, we, that's what we do. We throw people in the ash heap of shame. Yeah. Again, your ash, I love the image of the ash heap. It's like you treat them like refuse, it's meant to be burned. And yet, into this, 
You're asking to be the people of grace. Yes, hold on to our, firm to our convictions, but again, it's a balance of empathizing in the pain. And yeah, and, and we're going to get more of it. We're going to get more of it. More opportunities to do this mm-hmm. as a pastor of a, a multicultural mega church out here in Maryland. Um, the amount of people who are now gay, like I'm talking about parents who are male, female, they raised their children, and now they have a 25-year-old, a 27-year-old, a 21-year-old, uh, a 30-year-old who now uh, wants to bring home a partner who is of the same sex. Listen, my view is probably your view. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I believe one man, one woman, one lifetime. Like, all these things I believe. I mean, I graduated from Moody Bible Institute as the first black president of the student body. I get it. I got Bible all up in me. <laughs> but as a pastor— this is going to give everybody who's listening to me, you're not there yet. It's going to happen where you have to take your, your theology and make it your orthopraxis. How do you take orthodoxy and make it orthopraxis? How mm-hmm. do you take what you believe, but still come up close to people and say, but this is my daughter. And well, I don't agree that she's is with another woman. Am I going to lose my relationship with my daughter over this? Or am I going to say, God, I need your grace to cover this. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. This is not how she was raised. But am I going to be divided from my daughter and never talk to her again because of this? I think that if Christians don't understand how to figure this out, to be with people, even when we're not with their theology or with their lifestyle, we're going to lose in the culture. Yeah. Yeah. I I keep thinking the world is in pain right now. And this is just a manifestation of one of the pains in my, if I'm correct, you know, it's, are we willing to, again, hold truth hold to the truth of God's created order and his his kingdom purposes and yet also be there and again that word with is so important and david i i i keep thinking about you know there there's a there's a phrase about i'm thinking Isaiah i can't think of where it is but talking about how he's going to bless the eunuch and give him an inheritance cuz right now there's a lot of eunuchs in the world for very in various ways and there's, yeah. are we going to be there to say, hey, God has a plan for you? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely the eunuchs, you know, we could talk about them, but they are definitely a, a, a marginalized sexual minority, mm-hmm. right? They were just different than everybody else. And yet God found space for them. And again, I'm not smart enough to understand why all the, I don't, I don't know why there, I don't know why there's so many gay people now. And I don't know why there's so many kids with peanut allergies. I mean, I literally, mm-hmm. I just don't know. You know, when I was growing up, you could eat anything. Now there are all these allergies. Who knows? Scientists can figure it out, whatever. All I know is that we can't serve. We can't serve treats in our kids ministry now 
with peanuts because somebody's going to be hurt. Yeah. And while I agree, disagree or whatever, I don't know. I never heard of gluten growing up, Paul. I don't know about you. <laughs> Me I neither. just don't understand it. But whether I understand it or not, I still have to live with it and figure out that there are people who do have gluten allergies, yeah. who do have peanut allergies, who do feel attracted to uh, people that I would yeah. not be attracted to. And I don't understand it. I don't know uh, how to how to live hey, in, they, in, in a world Dave, where I can preach about it, but Dave, I'm not do it. I got to cut it short here because this is a radio show, you know, and you do a radio show, you know, clock is clock. So, but thank you so much again for joining us here on Faith Radio. Good to be with you. God bless you. Blessings. Again, thank you again for listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul. And again, remember, if you miss anything, the podcasts are available at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Like me, I get most of mine at Spotify, but wherever you get them, get them. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, Click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.